we can trick people into making them believe that we know what we're doing. It'll be just like Big Brother in 1984. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's our first joke. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Welcome to Second Impressions, the show where we give things a second chance. My name is Danica. And my name's Emma. And before we get started, Emma, this is our very first episode. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> let's do it. Um, but let's tell people how the show actually works first before we dive in. Okay, so basically you and I decided agree on a topic that we're gonna cover for our show, and it's something that we have both experienced before and doesn't necessarily mean it was a good experience doesn't mean it was a bad experience but we just decided that it was time to give it another go because you know that's right taste change as you age you never taste know change, people change it's gonna be like an exploration of our past yeah you know and our now getting getting in touch Maybe with that like well this this week, we're getting in touch with that kind of adolescent high school side and translating, oh boy, are we. <laughs> translating it into something more adult, more mature. That's right. So uh, <laughs> what, are we talk- what are we talking about for this, our inaugural episode? Well, it's a really special topic, I think, because it was both number one on our first like ideas list for this show. Mm-hmm. And it is 1984, the book by Yay. George Orwell. Everyone's favorite. No, it's not everyone's favorite. I don't know. But definitely a cultural icon. I mean, I think that's even underselling it a little. It's, I mean, it's, it's really its I own mean, like movement. It is like embedded in our culture. It's part of part of our society even though yeah the society in this novel is not something that we ever really want to experience no okay so let's talk about the book a little bit so if anyone who hasn't read the book has at least heard of it and is probably familiar with a lot of parts of the book because it's just everywhere it is literally everywhere it's so influential that like I remember reading it for the first time and I was like, oh, that's why these things exist in our language because it (laughs) came from this book. It's embedded in our culture. It's just literally everywhere. It's everywhere. That's how influential it was. And so um, this book came out in 1949. And then Orwell died in 1950. That's really tragic. I know. He's written a lot of other books before this one, though. Yes. None of which I've read, but that doesn't matter. It's fine. I know Animal Farms on my to-read list, but I also, like, don't really want to touch it. But maybe I will maybe now. We can, maybe we can do that for a first impression. Oh, what a good idea. Special episode, first impression, <laughs> Animal Farm. We're not going to talk about that today. Okay. I've already lost my train of thought. 1984. Came out in 1949. <laughs> came out in 1949. And it's a dystopian novel. Um, and it follows this one guy named Winston Smith and his rebellion against just everything, against the world. Yeah, and it takes place in 1984, so it was, like, 35 years into the future that Orwell was, like, imagining this happening. And let's not forget that in 1949, like, they were just coming off the tail end of World War II 
he mm-hmm. had already lived through World War One, like, mm-hmm. and this book deals a lot with war. Like, it is a very present theme in the book. Yes. So you can definitely kind of feel his, like, frustrations and just, you know, sadness at all the destruction and stuff like that. It's not a happy book. So, like, if you want, oh, God, no. if you want yeah, to pick spoilers. it up for, like, a quick, nice summer read, don't. Like, don't. <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Which is how I felt the first time that I read it. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, I fucking hated this book when I read it in high school. And it made me so mad that references to it were everywhere. Like, I remember reading it for English class and then... Made you mad? Yeah, like, it made me mad. Like, I had a very, like, visceral reaction to it. Oh, my God. And I remember, like, reading it for English class, and then I think it was, like, a couple of months later, maybe, or a couple of weeks later, I was watching an episode of The Simpsons, and they referenced Big Brother on The Simpsons, and I just turned off my TV. I was like, no, 1984, you will not get into my life. But it did. I can't believe that you would shut off The Simpsons for something like that. They reference everything. I know, but it was, like, at 16 or 17, however old I was when I read this, like, I didn't really grasp, like, the popularity of the book. I just Like, it... why it was so popular and why it was so, like, important? Yeah, not only that, because, like, I feel like those, the themes that are dealt with in the book, like, a lot of them just kind of went over my head during my first read of it. Um, but also... Yeah, that's a really good point. Also, just, like, um, you know, you read a lot of, like, weird books in English class that, like, a lot of them are important. Lord of the Flies is a very popular one. But then I also, like, read a couple that I can't even remember the names of now because they're just a book that was an option to read in English. And I just kind of figured that this book was one of those options. But no, it's everywhere. And everybody... And their mother has heard of it, and their dog, and it's like, you can't escape it. Even if you it. don't think you've heard of it, you've heard of it. You can't escape it. Break Brothers always watching. In 1984, has become Big Brother because it's everywhere. <laughs> yes. And it's always watching you. I know. And now I'm going to go throw out my copy of the book because now I'm paranoid. <laughs> There's like a big eyeball on the front of it. What if it is watching me? Oh, and I wanted to mention first, like, before we really get into the book, if you haven't read the book, this book will become public domain in 2020. So... Oh, that's so soon! Yeah, because Orwell died in 1950, and in the UK, where he was from, their copyright law is that it becomes public domain 70 years after the author's death. In Canada, it's Mm -hmm. only 50. But, um, because so I thought it was maybe public domain now. But, um, so if you haven't read it, when it becomes public domain, that means it's free for everybody to enjoy. So you could find a copy of it online and read it. And I suggest that you do if you haven't already. And if you want to read it now and you've never read it before, you can get it for like a couple bucks at any secondhand bookstore. Or go to the library. (laughs) Or go to the library because this book is literally everywhere. It is one of the most important books of all time. And it's just all over the place. Yes. And, yeah, I want to go back to, like, our first impressions because I think I would have been – I also read this in high school. And I think I would have been, like, 15 or 16. Yeah. 
when I read it. And um, for the longest time, I would give people my, like, 10-second review of 1984, <laughs> and it, which was just this. Do I think it's an important book? Yes. Do I think it's a good book? No. <laughs> because I had a terrible time reading it. Yeah. I think that has to do with just, like, I don't know, the class that I was in. I didn't love the teacher that I had. Um, I didn't love politics and history. Those were two of my, like, worst subjects. Yeah. As a kid and a teen, I just, like, was bad at it, was not interested in either of those things, and those are two... That's just what the book is about. It's all politics, and it's all, like, history... Yes. And, like, looking forward and, like, our actions past and what's going to happen in the future because of that. And just war, 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 war. And I hated it. I, I just, I hated my guts. I don't know. <laughs> I hated my life while reading it. Yeah. Like, it, it was a slog to get through in high school. And I was, Little like, bit. and you and I, like, we both really enjoy reading. So... I think that's kind yeah, of like we're a, both apt readers. <laughs> that's like a testament. For me, I I do know what took me so damn long, and it wasn't just like the subject matter, but part two, like all of part two of the book was just like, oh okay, my god. Okay, here's something interesting. The first time I read it, my teacher told us that we didn't have to read part two. What? So I didn't. Who was your teacher? I don't remember her name. Um, but she had a little chipmunk face and halitosis. <laughs> Oh, no. Do you remember who that was? No. Was she blonde? Yes. Was she, like... Um, she was older. She was, was like, she, 50s. Was she, like, near retirement? Like... I would, I would say that she was, like, 50s or maybe... I guess she could have been early 60s. Anyway, and she... Yeah. I think she, we had the same teacher, but... Yeah, I, maybe. That I had to read part two. That really pisses me off. <laughs> she said that it was an option. It was given to us as an option. It was, like, if you have the time and you're interested... By all means, read part two. There are some very interesting parts of it um, that you can really get a lot out of. But for the topics that we're going to be talking about in class, like, it's not necessary. So you don't have to. And me, being a little keener, being an avid reader that I was, not am. Uh, I would say am, but I haven't been reading that much lately. Let's, get, <laughs> let's be real. I don't have time. Truth talk. Um, <laughs> would love to call myself an avid reader, but I'm not. I was. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to read part two, and I'm just going to go the extra mile, and it's not even going to be a thing. I can, like, bust it out in, like, an hour. Not, did, no big deal. And I got, like, a couple pages into part two, and I was like, nah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't need to. And then just jumped ahead to part three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that I had done that. Maybe I would have had, like, a different experience with the book then, because I do remember liking part three I thought it was very interesting but part two just like scarred me for life and then we had to watch the movie in class did you oh the movie yes we had to watch it and I, and I remember it vividly uh because <laughs> burned into my retinas yep <laughs> because I was I sat on like um if you are at the front of the classroom and if you're facing the class, I sat on, like, the far right side in, like, the middle row, mm -hmm. about. 
And when, you know, it's always a great day when the teacher, like, wheels in the TV and you're like, woo, movie day. (laughs) That's, like, the best. Um, But instead of setting the TV up at the front of the room, it got set up on the side of the room because I guess that's just where the plug was. I don't know. Whatever. Like, on your side? And on my side. So I was directly below the TV just staring up at it for the entire time. And so just so many scenes and like I couldn't look away because it's just right there and I can't like get up and move because then I'd be blocking it for everyone else and so it's just it's it's there forever uh yeah I was gonna rewatch the movie as part of like my experience with this book but I literally turned on Amazon Prime streaming which it was on and I got to the movie page and I was like no it's okay I read the book it's yeah, fine. you know what? I've done enough. <laughs> yeah. I read the book again, and that's my part, and that's fine. Yeah, I challenged myself enough this week yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I made it through part two. I've done enough. I did. I did not make it And this through, was my first time. Like, oh, yeah, your first time reading part two. So mm-hmm. that was exciting for you. A little bit of a first that's experience a, a very... there. <laughs> exciting isn't the word that I would use, but thank you. Yeah. I, my goal was to get through part two, specifically, like, that huge chunk of text in, like, one sitting, and I literally fell asleep again. You didn't. So, I, I had to do two sittings, but I made it. It's fine. And I I also had to do two sittings. It was, like, when they're reading Goldstein's book. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It is just very dry, which I guess, you know... What, exactly what it would have been like the voice completely changes for that chunk of writing and it's just very much like hey this is the world that we live in and this is why yeah I mean it's like reading a textbook or something there's no like subs- well there is substance there but there's there's nothing like riveting about yeah. it unless I guess if you're in Winston's position and you're like wanting to join the brotherhood to rebel against big brother and then you have your hand on like this illicit text then you're like you want to soak up every word but but he reads it and he feels exactly the same as I felt after reading it which was like yeah I know like yeah did you feel that way when you were reading it it was like a hundred percent like I I know because that's what you've shown me throughout the rest of the book up to this point and that's what you know Winston's like yeah I know because that's what I've been living I understand I mean he says it he says it all he says I understand how I don't understand why and I was like yeah bitch me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean when he said that and I read him saying that I was like oh my god this is why I didn't enjoy this part of the book was because I thought it was so redundant like I've just read... It didn't give you anything. No. Like, I've just read almost 200 pages of, you know, this riveting world that Orwell has created, and then I have to read 25 pages of nothing. Like, there's nothing... Not nothing. It's 25 pages of the last 200 pages. Well, yeah. With all of the, like, life sucked out of it. Yes. In just very, like, bland, basic text. Like... You don't need to tell me over, like, four pages what doublethink is. I know what doublethink is. I get the concept. Like We've been talking about it this whole time. Ah! <laughs> there are chunks of part two that I enjoyed. 
the sexy because you parts. get into yeah <laughs> Emma, the sexy parts <laughs> well i mean they're I there mean, they are and i guess i probably wouldn't have been super into that as like a teenager because i would have been like ew whatever gross <laughs> like don't talk about it Blech. um but it's like it is more interesting as an adult and you can get you know an appreciation for julia's character and for the nature of their relationship and you know what's the old guy's name charrington oh yeah love charrington what that was heartbreaking oh yeah sorry mm. <laughs> i was like did you I miss that part of after. the text <laughs> I didn't love him after, obviously. No, I loved him up until that point. Like, that is a very good twist. Yeah, and I did not see that one coming. I for sure was like, when I was reading this, I was remembering, I was like, okay, one of these bastards is part of the Thought Police. Like, I remember that. And then... I remembered that there was a telescreen behind the photo. Oh, you did? Oh, shit. I remembered that, yeah, because it... As soon as he was like, oh, it's screwed into the wall, I was like, because there's a telescreen behind there. Man. So I remembered that, but I, for some reason, even though Charrington said that, I forgot that he was a member of the Thought Police. Yeah. And when he came out and he was, he had like Benjamin buttoned and was like suddenly (laughs) younger because he was out of his disguise, I was like, (gasps) amazing. They got me. (laughs) I was Winston, and I was shocked. I was like, how? That's some good writing. Yeah, they got me, dude. So, like, this book, I mean, is just, to me, it's a total, like, mindfuck, for lack of a classier term. (laughs) Can you expound on that at all? Yes. So, like, I am wondering, because, like, is Winston a reliable narrator? Like, we're watching this book like through him through his experience and all this stuff mm-hmm. and there is just like parts of the book where I'm like I'm not really 100% sure of like what exactly is going down so like um okay there I think a big theme running through this book is the theme of truth like there's the oh, whole for there's sure. the whole time. there's the whole concepts of like double think which is um, basically you're just denying yourself the truth and replacing it with a, with a lie that becomes your new truth. And then yes. there's, like, um, thought crimes. So, like, if you have, like, a true thought about what's actually going on, like, you're literally committing a crime. Like, you're not allowed to think about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so O'Brien is a character that, like, introduces Winston to this concept well, not the concept, but the actual, like, what he thinks is the group of the Brotherhood. But then we yes. realize later that O'Brien is actually a member of the Thought Police. Mm-hmm. And he, but O'Brien literally, like, gets in Winston's dreams. And he is a character in his dreams. And he is saying things yes. that in, in Winston's dreams that Winston repeats to him in awake time. Conscious time. <laughs> in the awake times. In the awake times. And O'Brien, like, knows what he's talking about. He's yes. Like, yes, I understand. And then there are other parts in um, 
part three when O'Brien is torturing him and he seems to be literally reading his mind. Yes. And there are chunks of that when he's he's like Winston's actively being tortured and I'm like he's probably also hooked up to some sort of lie detector. Well I have a Um, theory about that. So in the book Winston says to himself or the reader a couple times that the thought police they're there policing you but they can't read your thoughts and but there is a lot of propaganda going around in this book like it's literally Winston's job to create some of that so I'm like what if that's just another piece of propaganda that has been floating around that the thought police can't read your thoughts but they have actually developed like the technology to do that ah I had considered that briefly but I didn't really go further with that thought um because I was like no, that's crazy. But is it? This whole book is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, there are things happening in it that if... Those, no, I think it's yeah. more... I don't know. I think the more, like, realistic part... Because what part of what makes this book so terrifying is, like, the fact that it can happen. Um, and that's true for a lot of dystopian novels. It's, like, it's so scary because it's, like, yeah, you can realistically see the world like headed this direction and hopefully not ever to that sort of extreme but there is that little part of you that is like well maybe and it could yeah it's very realistic um but the thing that seemed more likely to me was um they were just all like highly trained in reading people's faces um which some of them are because they monitor them through the telescreens yes and it was making me think of what's that TV show? Um, I want to say it's Lie to Me. Is it oh, Lie to Me? Is it The Mentalist? Maybe it's The Mentalist, where it's like about that uh, psychologist who can just like read people's faces. Yes. <laughs> so it's one of those shows. Criminals. It's, it's one of the. It's one of those. <laughs> I don't know. And it's just like slight ticks or whatever are giving away your thoughts. Yeah. So I thought I thought maybe it was more likely that O'Brien was just like very had studied up on that. I don't know. Sure, but then how how do you explain how Winston knows to say to O'Brien, "We'll meet in the place where there's no darkness," which O'Brien says to him in his dream, and then that literally ends up being the jail cell that Winston is kept in because it's bright all the time, like there's no darkness there. I. I read that as um, Winston, like, imagine that you are O'Brien, and Winston says that to you, and you, you've you just had this conversation where O'Brien is like, you know where this is ending up. Like, you know that by admitting that you are a rebel and a traitor and you want to join the Brotherhood, that, like, you're gonna die. Like, you're gonna end up captured at some point. Yes. And so will I, because I am also a member of the Brotherhood. So I think that when Winston says that and O'Brien, like, has no reaction and just accepts it and and just, like, acknowledges it and is just like, yep, you're right. He was like, yeah, he was just like, oh, so, yeah, Winston just knows that that's what happens at the... Oh, which ministry is it? The one that Winston's kept in? Yeah. The Ministry of Love. Yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I thought that that was O'Brien just being like, yep, that's the Ministry of Love, and you know that they keep the lights on there all the time because you've probably heard rumors, and that's where that's where we'll see each other because we're both traitors, and that's where we'll end up. But Winston also mentions a few times that, like, he he explicitly states that he doesn't know what goes on in the Ministry of Love. Like, it's a mystery. So Does I, he say that to O'Brien, though? No. He says it in, like, his thoughts. Yeah. I don't know. There's some spooky shit happening. But but if he doesn't say that to O'Brien, if he doesn't say to O'Brien that he doesn't know what happens in Mini Love, <laughs> but he says that that's where we're going to meet again, then, o- then O'Brien will just be like, yep, you're right. Okay. I'll accept your... That's how, that's just, <laughs> that's just how I interpreted it. I don't know. It's okay. I'm just going to get sucked into my own conspiracy theory about all of this. I mean, it, I, it, I definitely thought about it. Yeah. You know, I definitely was like, there is maybe something bigger here happening. There was maybe something, you know, spookier happening where they're actually getting into thoughts. I don't know. It could have been, it could have also been because like, maybe when Winston slept, maybe O'Brien did say something to him through the telescreen. Because he said that he's been specifically spying on him for seven years. Yes. Yes. So That's a long investigation. Yeah, so at first, when I first got into part three, when Winston gets captured, and he's very mm-hmm. disoriented, I was very disoriented as a reader, then I was like, okay, what the fuck is happening? Like, has this whole, like, last bit of the book been even real? Because he commits his first crime in the book like very early on and Mm -hmm. so I'm like has he just been in like this torture chamber like this whole time and his like dreams are just a product of his like subconscious recognizing O'Brien's face and all this and just so many drugs yeah but then O'Brien's like no we've been spying on you for seven years and I was like damn it there's one theory down the drain (laughs) (laughs) man you were like You've had some pretty wild theories about this. Yeah, like, my... (laughs) Again, like, part three, so good. But it does, like, open up a ton of questions that you didn't even know you had while you were reading, like, the first two parts of the book. I guess so. And, O'Brien, you are correct in in that, like, Winston and O'Brien, like, both knew the ending. Because, like, there is a lot of foreshadowing in the book. And on page 250... Oh, for sure. He's constantly saying, like, we are the dead, and, like, yes. I'm, I'm just a walking dead man, and yes. so what difference does it make and whether I, you know, own a journal or not, so... Yeah, exactly. And then on page 279 of my copy, anyways, O'Brien literally says to Winston, it was all contained in that first act, nothing has happened that you did not foresee. Which True. is hilarious because he's obviously, like, referring to Winston's first, like, action of, like, getting the diary, but also the first act of the book. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Anyways. <laughs> you know, my... For some reason, um, <laughs> talking about Winston and his journal, for some reason I had remembered the journal being um more prevalent and i remembered him writing in the journal a lot more and i don't know why 
I don't know why I thought that because it it's not there for very much of the book like it's he only makes a couple entries in part one and then he doesn't really touch it again after that yeah I mean and I thought that the Emmanuel Gold Goldstein book was like the entirety of part two not just 25 pages Me too. of it I also thought that it was so much longer I was like oh yeah all of part two is just is just like Goldstein's book yeah and it's not it's actually relatively short yes and that's why I was kind of like pleasantly surprised by part two same reading it reading it this time and like actually reading it this time because I was like oh why did I skip part two there's a lot of like really good scenes in here um (laughs) and even and even the book part like isn't isn't that bad if anything I was like grateful for like a more plain explanation of the world that they're in even though you know you kind of figure it out through, no. the new, you know, the news and whatever and Winston explaining it to you as the reader. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, yeah. Which kind of contradicts what I was saying <laughs> earlier where I was just, like, whatever, I get it. But at the same time, you know. Pick a side. I can't. <laughs> I, I'm very indecisive. Yeah. Like, to me, the book could just totally do away with those 25 pages and I'd be, like, this is a great book. I will give you the five-star review on Goodreads instead of four. <laughs> Did you actually do that? Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm lying about this? I thought maybe it was a goof, but I I shouldn't I shouldn't make jokes about your Goodreads well, reviews. Well, I mean, so my very first um, like research that I did for this book, I went on Goodreads because I use that app a lot for my reading challenge. Because I'm trying mm, yeah. to take back that avid readerness quality that I used to You can to have. do it. I believe in you. I've been doing pretty good this year already. So, um, but I was laughing because I had already rated 1984 on Goodreads. Mind you, it was like years after I first read it, but I gave it two out of five stars. You know. Yes. And then really? all of my friends, a bunch of my friends on the on the app, they were like, Four stars, four stars, five stars, five stars, and me too. Emma coming two stars. <laughs> Fuck this book. I hate you, Goldstein's, but I hate you, Orwell. This book sucks. This book can go to the Ministry of Love and get his act together. Anyways. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't really I sure where say- I was going with that. What did you think I was going to say? I don't know. I thought you were going to say this book could go to the Ministry of Love and get his ass kicked or get his, like, get his Get some rats on its face. I don't know. What? Get some rats on its face. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the rats. I did not. Really? Oh, man. I totally forgot because, like, I don't know. You know, it comes up, it comes up once. Um, before part three. Yeah. Where a rat comes out and Winston is just like, oh my god, fuck everything, there's a rat. <laughs> and Julia is, and Julia just like whips something at it and is like, it's fine, it's gone. Um, and then he doesn't really talk about it again until part three comes around and it's like, room 101, here it comes, it's your biggest fear. And then the rats come out and literally until they were there, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> Even though... Even though I've read the book before. That's hilarious. See, so I got to, like, it was, like, ten pages from the end that they finally take him to room 101. 
And I was it's like, so late in the book. And I was like, there's no fucking rat cage in this book. I was like, it's the movie. The movie like added something. And it's like replaced my memory of this book. But then, no, the rats came out. And I was very, very pleased. They're there. Because, um. They're in room 101. Yeah. For, for some reason, I had a very different ending of the book in my brain also. I literally thought that Big Brother wouldn't win, and it crushed me at the end again. Because I was like, yeah. I was like, Winston, yeah. Winston either dies or he, like, beats this thing. And no, it is, like, the optional third ending, which is the actual ending, which is the terrible endings yeah yeah it is yeah I also kind of forgot the ending I think that I had rewritten it in my head because I just have a weak little heart yeah and I and I was just like no like that's not no that's too sad they wouldn't do that and I was like they shoot him and he dies but he dies hating big brother and that's his victory yeah because he talks about that he's just like even if I die they will not have crushed me completely and I will not I will have done the two things that I said that I would never do which is I won't betray Julia and I will die hating all you fucking assholes (laughs) I will hate everyone except Julia and you'll shoot me and that'll be my victory and then it's just like no he betrays Julia and he ends up loving big brother so yeah and literally like even until that part at the end when he's like sitting in the pub and then the newscast comes on I still was just like he's okay now he's just gonna be an old alcoholic man that hates big brother oh no and it's it's literally like the last page it's just like you thought this would be a good book well no and also more no like (laughs) (laughs) and more no thanks Orwell for that (laughs) fuck you and fuck you too (laughs) which is why I am so scared to pick up animal farm like I I don't know if I can handle it (laughs) (laughs) like he did this to you what what else can he do to you yeah hey so like what would be in your room 101 though probably oh god either like a cage full of spiders that I have to stick my face into and then they eat my face. Like, I thought mm. about that when I was reading the thing. Mm. Um, or maybe, like, being burned alive? I don't think that would be very good. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty scary. But I think, like, the... But now that I'm, like, thinking about it more, the option of just having, like, five, like, huge fucking spiders go to town on my face eating Mm -hmm. my cheeks and my tongue and my eyeballs like yeah I think that would be the worst it'd be pretty bad (laughs) yeah because like the thing about that and the thing about like physical fears is like the thing that you make up in your head about what it's going to be like is so much worse than what it actually is yeah maybe not yeah, no, yeah, no. It's always, like, way worse in your head, right? Because if I think about, like, my biggest physical fears, I don't have a ton, but, like, I don't like needles. Oh, I've yeah. I've never liked needles. Yeah. But every time I have to get a shot or get blood taken, I just, I panic in my head, and then it happens, and it's just, like, fine. Yeah. 
you know? So I don't know. So what would be in your room 101? Like, I guess needles. Like, just like a room full of needles? It's just a room full of needles, and they're just like, we're going to poke you. And (laughs) in my brain, that would be scary enough. Because, I don't know, the brain is so weird. (laughs) And it will just, like, exaggerate so many things. And... I don't know. And when you're already in, ooh, what if they were gonna? You've already been. What if they're gonna what? drop you into a pit full of needles? Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty scary. Because <laughs> then you yeah, just like couldn't get 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 away from them. Like you're in a pit with needles. And the more you move, the more they poke you. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That would probably do it for me. That would probably break <laughs> me. We're gonna drop you in this pit. It's gonna suck. You're gonna hate it. And I'll be like, yes, take everything kill my whole family i don't care get these fucking needles away from me get these needles away from me do whatever it's so sad yeah um um did you like julia i don't know did you like her before the first time um no again i think i was very neutral about her character she is there's not a lot going on for her you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she's just kind of flat. Like, yeah, she's passionate about deceiving Big Brother and being a rebel and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand, um, and I still don't, like, <laughs> why she would take such a big risk of exposing herself to Winston. Like, how does she know that he's not going to um, call her out? And then also just, like, why why would you just like fall in love with somebody but I don't know I'm not in their society like where sex and relationships are just very like not even taboo topics but like they're not illegal but they're not um nothing's illegal nothing's illegal except that everything's illegal yeah so it's just like nothing's encouraged you know yeah so you just don't do it yeah. And uh, I don't know, like, there, I understand, like, the need for, like, physical connection and all that, like, that part of the relationship. I don't understand where the love comes in, especially when Winston was so, like, having all of these violent thoughts towards her. I think that his, like, violent thoughts were actually just, like, a weird expression of his sexuality and his like sure it being pent up and him having no outlet for it yes um which is why they do the two minute hate like they talk about that yeah that's that it's literally just everything all of the hate that you have towards your own life and your situation and the party and other people that gets expressed in the two-minute hate towards your enemies. And when Winston's in it, he's like, in half a second, I could easily direct all of this hatred towards any other person in this room, and it would not matter. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, all of the, I think all of the, like, repression that these people are forced to do um, it just it just comes out, and for Winston, he he specifically says that he just hates all women. Yeah, and, and that's very like evident in his thoughts, anyways. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a very clear 
or a very good look at women until like he and Julia finally do it a few times and then he can like <laughs> <laughs> and then he can like look at a woman and not be disgusted by her so and not hate them yeah because he comes around to like um appreciating the like wash woman yes. that yes. works out in the yard who just like sings and pegs up diapers all day long yes and he's just like you know what she's all right <laughs> And Julia's like, you're losing your mind a little bit. And he's yeah. like, nah, nah. I can see clearly now. The the rain has come. Block, the, <laughs> the pipes are clean. <laughs> Ew. Both of those. Um, are, hey. Both, I mean, no, like, I mean, my analogy, too, was not great. <laughs> we both got a little gross there. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I liked Julia more this time around. I don't think I really thought anything of her the first time I read the book. I think I thought that she was, like, a little boring, a little dumb. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> even. But I think I understand her more this time around. I can appreciate how open she is about her sexuality. Yes. And how free she is about that. Yes. Um, and the fact that that in itself, like, that's her whole rebellion. She's just like, I'm going to sleep around, and that's my way of getting back, and that's what I like to do. And I'm like, hell yeah, girl, get it. And I also could sort of appreciate, well, not appreciate, but I can understand how um, the way that Winston approaches his rebellion is different from the way that Julia approaches hers. Mm -hmm. Because Winston wants to understand everything. That's his whole thing, right? He is like, I want to know the truth. Why? I want to know the, the real truth. Yeah. The truth, the truth. <laughs> the whole truth. The, the super truth. The devil plus good truth. The devil plus good truth. And, um, and I want to do that through, you know, the literature. Like, he's super stoked to read uh, Goldstein's book, and he wants to, he, like, loves having, like, the physical evidence of the lies and everything. Yeah, and, and Julia is not. Like, she falls asleep while he's reading it. So... She falls asleep. She um, clearly has a different kind of agenda than his. Yeah, and I I took that um, to be because of her age. Sure. Because uh, she's, like, she's significantly younger than Winston, and so she hasn't lived... She hasn't, like, seen as much... Um, or maybe not seen anything from like before the party started. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she then she also remember. might not have the vocabulary to express what she's actually feeling. Because mm-hmm. um, pretty much as far as she could express, she's just like, I don't like my situation. I don't like the party. I don't like Big Brother. And this is what I'm going to do because I don't like that. Um, whereas Winston has more words and more memories that he can uh recall on to like fully express like what he doesn't like about the situation and about his society yeah whereas julia is just like i can't explain why i don't like it i just know that i don't yeah and that's fine too yeah and um yes i agree (laughs) (laughs) and yeah because that's what it that's what it's like for a lot of like younger people. Um, maybe they haven't figured it out fully how to like I don't know, articulate what they're feeling. I don't know. Think about 
and you were a teenager and you were just like this sucks and it's like okay but why does it suck and it's like I don't know I just know that it sucks yes um my only like that doesn't make your <laughs> that doesn't make your feelings less valid <laughs> my only like response to that is that Julia is not a teenager like we're not really ever given a distinct age of how old she is but Winston's 39 and he guesses that her age is 10 to 15 years younger than him so she'd be in like her mid-20s I think they say her age do they I think her age is said but I don't remember what it is I'm gonna say it's like I think she's like 26 maybe okay so mid-20s and um I don't know. I just feel that you would have, like, a clearer understanding of your situation at that age. However, I do think that, is, that it is a fair point that you made that she just wasn't around before the party really existed. So she doesn't know, like, what else, what other kind of life there could be. Yeah, there is There is no other life for her really there there is like a fantasy one i think for her where that she is like trying to aspire to by like rebelling yes. against big brother but also like there's no concrete evidence of one before because they got rid of all that shit and yeah it's not there <laughs> yeah so she she just doesn't know like another way of living other than being like a prole so yeah yeah which might be more appealing sometimes I mean, it, I, it might be more appealing for her. Like, there, I think there's a certain amount of more freedom that you get as a mm-hmm. parole. Ah, classism. <laughs> oh, man, there's a lot of it. We can't even... There are so many themes in this book that we're just not even going to touch on because there's no time. Like, um, you would be sitting here for the rest of your life. Days. And I'm not gonna do that no. to any of the any of the any of the sweet people who are listening to our podcast <laughs> of their own will. I'm not gonna make them sit through like a thousand hours of us just being like, oh, and this other thing. <laughs> it's like, you know. Or you know, or just like read the book and then come talk to us and then we can talk about yeah. all the shitty things. You got uh, questions, like send them to us on our on our various um social media accounts all the things yeah and then use hashtag uh what's a good hashtag sip no no probably not well yeah (laughs) okay hashtag second impressions podcast because i already kind of used that one but also for this specific episode you could use hashtag down with big brother and then we'll know what you're talking about we'll find you yeah (laughs) we're in the brotherhood Um, it's cool Man, I was like, it made me mad that the Brotherhood probably wasn't real. Yeah, it most definitely is not real. I don't think. Yeah, I was like, come on, give me, give me something, give me one little shred of hope. No. But they don't, and that's the point of the book. And blah blah blah. I'm just bitching because I'm sad. <laughs> so, like, would you read this book again? Do you think? Um, I think I would. I think I'm gonna have to let it sit for a while yeah um I was surprised by how much I misremembered um or just didn't remember at all and I was also surprised that part two was more interesting than my English teacher made it out to be yeah so I'm glad I read that good I'm glad about you I think I will read it again maybe like in another like five 
to 10 years time. I think it's been like 11 years since I last read it. So Same. that was a good like time marinating time. I will, however, this next reading session, skip the Emmanuel Goldstein stuff because like we get it. Fuck that. Like it's not necessary. I'm pretty not fuck it, but like no. it's it's all there. We know. <laughs> yeah, we know. We get it, okay? We know. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's all there. But I mean, I will say that my impression of it this time, like I said before, I gave it two more stars on Goodreads, so I obviously enjoyed it a lot more. I understood a lot more of the themes. Uh, clearly I went down a bit of a conspiracy rabbit hole that I created for myself. You really did. You went down some roads that like my (laughs) brain, like I like, I looked at that path and I was like, nah, and I just went the other way and you were like, I'm going. And you just like ran down that way. (laughs) I just, I couldn't stop. You know, I would like, you know, write something down in my little notebook for this podcast. I'd be like, oh my God, but what if this happens? And what if this means this? And yeah, it was, oh my God, it was a nightmare. Man, I was listening to the Muse album. Oh, so uh, the Resistance. good. It's very good. And it's all about 1984. Um, and it's just, it's also just like a very good album. And yeah, I think my favorite song off of that is, you know, United States of Eurasia. And it's just singing about how the wars going on and on just like it can't happen forever and so the only solution is just one big united states yep. of eurasia yeah let's bring it on bring back pangea <laughs> <laughs> so i know that like 1984 was recently a play on broadway that um a lot of people had yeah. some very intense reactions to however oh do they oh yeah there's like reports of people like fainting and throwing up and cool all this stuff Let's go. Uh, I think, like, Olivia Wilde was in it for a bit. As, nice. As Julia, I'm imagining. Um, yeah. I, there's not a lot of... Um, female roles. There's not a lot of women in... She's the washing the lady. She's the washing lady, yeah. She's the diaper <gasps> or singing lady. Or maybe they did, like, a gender flip and she's Winston. Who knows? But, um... I'd be down for that. I mean, I could know very easily with the magic of Google, but what I really want to see is a 1984 musical where they use that Muse album as, like, <gasps> the basis for the sound and the songs and... And David Bowie. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, Diamond Dogs. Oh, yes, yeah. That album is also, like, nah, not the whole album, but there are songs yes, on it that are, like... a lot of it. Sorry, I thought like, you meant, like... Blatantly. you meant, like, bring him in now to create new <laughs> stuff, and I was like, bad news for you, but... Oh, no. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. No, I meant Diamond Dogs is also another album based on 1984. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I want to see that happen. Kickstarter. Let's do it. Let's bring it on. <laughs> um, what are some other... Oh, I mean, Big Brother, the TV show. Yeah. Have you ever watched that? No. Me neither. <laughs> that have watched it yeah and it's just just, it's not appealing to me but i know that like some people are very into into that mild voyeurism so yes if that's your thing that's probably a really great show yeah um and then there's also the movie if you want to watch that you can have some more 1984 experiences in your pocket full frontal nudity be warned (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. That's her, it's her beautiful act of rebellion is just, she throws <laughs> off her clothes like it's a dream and it's beautiful and you just, it's just a lot. However, when you're a teenager and you get zero warning that it's happening, you're a little, <laughs> a little scarred. <laughs> it was really, and especially because I was right in front of the TV screen. <laughs> yeah. I was right there, just confronted by a full bush and I was not prepared. No. And I was like, hmm, great. I'm going to try. I'm going to not laugh. I really want to. Because uh, no one prepared me for this. Yes. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Should we, should we wrap up here? I think we talked a lot about 1984 today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm ready to put it to bed. For sure. Yeah. And like overall, overall, I'm glad I read it again. Same. I'm glad I read it. Same. As an adult, with a slightly different and, like, new perspective. And I'm, you know, I can, I'm slightly more interested in politics now. Yes. So I can understand this. And let's also just acknowledge how privileged we are to live in Canada. 100%. Oh, my God. Hot damn. This is, uh, we picked a really weird time to read this book. Because as we were reading it, I was just having little flashes, and I was like, yeah, some of this stuff could happen. I mean, for one thing, this book is literally chock full of fake news, so that's just a little, yeah. that's just a little tidbit there. Yeah, dude. So I am very fortunate for the internet. I am thankful for the fact that I live in Canada, and... I am thankful for just all the good people out there that uh, fact check. God bless you all. Yes. Oh, my God. Big Brother salutes you. Wait, <laughs> no. Wait. The no. Brotherhood. Goldstein. The Brotherhood. Goldstein and the Brotherhood salute you. Big Brother. <laughs> You're part of the Thought Police, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I'm a member of the Thought Police. Come on. We're going to room 101. Oh, my God. No. Okay, everybody. So, so thanks for so much for listening. I'm getting out of here before she can do anything to me. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> uh, Those are my guns. Oh, are we in Star Wars now? Uh, nope, but maybe on a future episode. <laughs> okay, so thanks so much for listening, everybody. And we want to hear from you. Like, what should we try next? Or again, anything that has had a very, like, significant chapter in your life, like 1984 did for us, let us know. We're on Twitter at ImpressionsPod and also on Facebook and Instagram and that newfangled social media thing called Vero at Second Impressions Podcast. Look us up. Uh, and you can also email us at secondimpressionspodcast at gmail.com. And we just want to say also thank you so much to Keegan for that super cool artwork. I am so in love with it. You nailed it, buddy. And thank you so much to Travis for the music that you heard at the beginning of this episode and coming up at the end. Uh, thanks, dude. You're the best. We appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so we'll talk at you next time on Second Impressions. Bye! Bye! Bye.